Cause the time of the preacher In the year of one Now the lesson is over And the killing's begun Hey, welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. Ryan Parker. Two dudes with PhDs in theology who talk about TV. TV shows, killer serials, serials that are so good, we call them killer. Good TV. And they often have killing in them. Uh, Uh, That's been a theme. That's been a theme for every show that we've talked about. Man, this one. What should we, should we watch My Little Pony on Netflix next? (laughs) I think Palette Cleanser. Netflix is let Netflix now streams all the uh, the Bob Ross painting shows. From, from how how great would that be? <laughs> that would probably you probably would get so many more listeners than we got now. Be like, this is a happy tree. Look at somebody's going to steal this idea. <laughs> We're talking about a theology of peace and happiness. We're talking about the exact opposite of a Bob Ross painting. We are cosmically opposite. Death and destruction and blood and a. A methane fireball of, of exploding of calf shit, cow shit, that is that's so overpowering that let's just jump right to the end, cut to the chase. Anvil, Texas is completely wiped off the map. Man, gone. woman, and child is we, gone in, in, in biblical proportions. Yeah. Well, actually, if you stuck around, if pe- folks watched the show and they stuck around to watch Talking Preacher, Evan Goldberg said, confirmed, everybody's gone. He did say that. Did. And now we know that the three protagonists uh, got away. Got away. Because, what a great shot in the car. Yeah, they're in the car. And we know that there's an a- that woman, Angel, who, uh, boy, we'll have to talk about what the sheriff found in the bathtub, but... She's walking through the wreckage, and we know that uh, the Saint of Killers from is that's the comic book name in the show. He's called Cowboy. The Cowboy uh, that he is there and has been summoned back from hell. But I'm jumping right to the end. We're talking about the we'll last jump. two episodes. Then let's make a point real quick. I mean, it's what we've talked about all along. So the the finale ends the way the comic book, the first comic book ends. Yeah, I mean the the. Fin- the season one of the television show Preacher basically ends where the comic book begins. And That's that a good is, way to put it. The first, the first comic book is the the Genesis. In ha- a lot happens in the first. You know, comic books are able to just do things faster than TV shows, and you meet all these characters in Anvil, and Genesis inhabits the Jesse Custer. And, you know, you see the Saint of Killers and then Jesse basically summons something, summons God, but summons some power to the church on a Sunday morning and and vaporizes the town. And Jesse survives and then spends the rest of the comic book series on the road. So we'll talk about how we got you. Tony, you'll tell us how we kind of got where we ended over the last two episodes of the show. But. If you're listening to this, you know, it's and you want to encourage other people to watch the show or listen to the podcast. I mean, it's exciting that they have a second season because you can really you don't have to watch this first season. 
Um, I think they're gonna they've laid a groundwork which would make watching you know watching both seasons you know it'd be richer. But it's really a new chapter. I mean, it's a or maybe even a new book, so to speak, because they're off on this quest and it's a road trip series in season two. And yeah, if all of those people in Anvil are dead, you're not going to be missing out on much if you do tune in just for the second that's season. That's a good point. That's a good point. So it's a good way to get some more more viewer. I mean, I think they could raise their viewership, but I think we could also, you know, encourage folks to to go back, listen to this, or use this as a recap, and then and then jump right into yeah, season and, two. And, and, and as they as they discussed in talking preacher last night, there are characters from the comic books who still haven't even been introduced in the in the television series yet. Hair star. But it will be very interesting to see how they, um, you know, honestly, if the I, I, they'll have to keep up the production value, but it's going to sure. be a lot more expensive of a show to produce if it's on the road. You know, they're and bouncing they're around these same set visually different. Yeah, yeah. Well, how'd we get to where we are? How'd they well, get the car? We're, we're looking at two episodes that aired um, in the on the last two Sundays of July 2016. One is called "Finish the Song," and the and the last one was called "Call and Response." And we do see a lot more of the cowboy in these last two episodes. His storyline is he comes back to Ratwater after he he's gone into Ratwater to get some medicine. medicine for his wife and daughter. He's about halfway back home. He turns around because of something he saw in town, which was basically the scalps of Indians being sold in Ratwater. He goes back and he's ambushed and his... Uh, by a preacher. The crap is being brought him by a preacher and his buddies and then his horse is shot. He walks all the way back home, which we you know, are led to believe is a very long walk and finds his wife and daughter, not only dead, but being like eaten by crows. It's gnarly. Yeah. So then in this penultimate episode, he gets his gun and goes back to Ratwater to seek revenge from lays the people. Lays waste. And lays waste to it. And then in the final episode, he, it's, it's very bizarre. And, and had I not watched the after show with the producers, I wouldn't yeah. have really understood. I don't think, I mean, we well, get it. We finally understand that he's in hell. Yes. But what he's not only in hell, he relives that same yes. day over and over and it's over. It's the worst groundhog day you could imagine. So hit the day of like him getting the crap beat out of him, finding his wife and daughter dead, going back and laying waste to the town of Ratwater. Over and over and over again. I love how it messes with these kind of traditional notions of hell or an afterlife of punishment because I don't know that that's something I've heard of is that hell is you reliving the worst experience yeah. repeatedly. And that's it's a brilliant right. way. It's They show it so brilliantly because it's not the fire and brimstone. It's nothing that we've that we've really seen before. And as you mentioned in the after show, they talk about, well, there were subtle clues you could go back and rewatch. You know, there's like skeletons of animals that couldn't possibly exist and there's yeah. sounds that take place but what you the way you really see it in the payoff is when fiore and de blanc go they walk into the saloon and they have said and, and they, they continue we, to we know they're bound for hell because they've bought a ticket they bought tickets to go to hell yeah and they continue to provide some comic relief in the show because they're, they're doing amazing can to avoid going to hell yeah you know it, it inclu including like flipping a coin 
Yeah. And, and they, but they do end up in hell and only one of them returns from hell. So, you know, uh, again, on the question of who survived the, the, the carnage and the, and the, and in the explosion in Anvil that ends the series. Well, Eugene must because he's in hell. Now, what's interesting is we don't see him in hell. So his hell, you know, we were well, left to assume the that, producers tip their hand on that. Yeah. That when, Jesse sent, when Jesse sent Eugene to hell, he's reliving the worst day, which is the day that he attempted suicide. The murder suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, I assume we're going to have some kind so, of. Um, so deal. episode, so episode nine, the, or eight, however you count the finish the song episode, we get a lot of with the saint of killers or the cowboy but the other side of that show or the other narrative in the sh- in that episode is Jesse's still trying to flee really the town i mean he's fleeing odin he's left the church he's stolen the phone the heavenly phone from the two angels and he's hiding out it turns out that we learn in in episode 10 we find that he's hi- hiding out at donnie's house with his wife and uh, we only find him when tulip uncovers and you know uncovers where he's hiding uh, and, and tries to like take the, him to task for uh for carlos and we get like the most awkward double date in the history of the show yeah with of donnie, really any show right with donnie and his wife who are they're like sadomasochists it's pretty random very random and then then tulip and jesse who are like former uh bank robbers and and you know, killers. <laughs> and boy, I didn't really see any of that coming with, uh, with her pregnancy. She lost the baby through that yeah. failed bankruptcy and kind of Carlos abandoning them. You think that probably led to a miscarriage of some sort. Right. I mean, we didn't, it wasn't fully confirmed, but you could, it's it probably what happened. And then just what a jerk he was, uh, to the two of them. That's one still not I complete, think, but they, you know, they, they messed that guy up. One thing I think that the producers, uh, or the writers of the show messed up was I didn't see, they didn't show us it all happened off camera, some kind of reconciliation between Donnie and Jesse. So we go from yeah. Donnie, like, uh, they explain out, it. We never see it. Yeah. Donnie knocking out Jesse with the, with, with the butt end of a, of a handgun to, them sitting then like to Jesse walking out of their guest bedroom shower and he's like living with them. And Donnie just says, well, the preacher showed me grace by not Mercy. killing me in, yep. in, in the bathroom stall that day. So I'm showing him grace. And that's like, I, I, I think that, I think that's a really unfortunate lapse that they jumped over. They're asking the viewer to make a really big leap because Donnie had been, Hell like, bent. Oh my gosh. He, he yeah, he, he 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 deafened himself in so just so that he could capture the Jesse, you know. Yeah. So he blew out his eardrum. Yeah, I mean, so that's a that's a leap. Um it's a leap. The other storyline that we we go to is uh, that stretches over the final two episodes with our favorite character Cassidy who uh, we learn that Jesse rescues from the fire that he kind of left him in in the first place. A little too, but Jesse rescues him a little too late. A, a little too late. He, he, burns, he gets pretty crisp. So Tulip 
Tulip takes him in and tries to nurse him back to health, but with animals, uh, we've seen dogs and we've seen, uh, there looks like hamsters and rabbits and all this stuff. Well, then she calls Emily over because she's got to go to, Tulip needs to go to Albuquerque to confront Carlos, and then she gets Emily to come over and kind of babysit and tend to him. And uh, Emily kind of baits the mayor to come over. And and I think a really odd character twist shoves him in there with Cassidy. And that's the final ingredient that that heals Cassidy. Uh, and then they make amends but again, with... But again, he makes amends with Jesse. Is it believable to you that Emily sacrifices the mayor to save Cassidy? Because Emily doesn't seem to really like Cassidy all that much. And she's a little in the dark. That's what I was saying. I think it's a jump that... Not necessarily that she's that she would do that to the mayor. It's clear that he repulses her. He repulses her, but she also but she does, she's no fan of Cassidy either. To your point, right? But she also kind of relies heavily on the mayor to like watch her kids, babysitter. Yeah, takes advantage of him. Yeah. So I, that was another one that was like that was a little comic booky right there. I think, and this is. You know, I, I like you. I'm happy that AMC renewed this show for another season, but I do wonder if it's going to find an audience because I've talked to other people and I have yet to talk to a single person who's stuck with it the way you and I have. Mm-hmm. And what, what what I've found is a lot of people are they try it for an episode or two and they're like, I just can't do it. I just, it's the, I don't understand the story. The blood is so much. And it was interesting watching Talking Preacher like you did last night. Um, the producers can't stop talking about the comic book. And it's something that you and I said in the first episode of our podcast. On we weren't show. really going to do. We weren't going to do because we're going to assume most people who are watching the show have not read the comic book. That's the only way you can go into a show. You know, it's like making a movie about a novel. You have to assume, unless it's Harry Potter, you got to yeah, assume, assume nobody's. most people haven't read the novel. Yeah. But um, in this, you know, I, the, the, the amount of lip service that the, that the producers gave to the comic book makes me wonder if this is just symptomatic of, you know, the... 500 cable channels that we all have that AMC doesn't need to to cast the net that much wider than comic book fans like that might be a big enough demographic to make this show a hit it could be yeah that's numbers. interesting yeah you know, that might Outdoor, be that it's just it's so out there it's so bold it's that so it's a brand there. play you know where we're saying this is who we are and we can do this and I think, you know, I I was thinking as the season wrapped up about, you know, coming at it from our perspective, I I think there seemed to me some pretty good, some pretty accurate kind of talk about church. I mean, obviously, they're going to. Yeah, we got to. I think the the entry point to that line of conversation is the final episode when, quote unquote, God finally shows up. Right. Which was great. It was hilarious, and you knew Jesse you, didn't buy it for a second. You, Jesse didn't buy it, and 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 the way they the way they directed that episode as a viewer, we didn't buy it either because we were that camera was right up in Jesse's face. Yeah, from the minute 
the God shows up on the on the big screen. But the I mean, people, people fun- but the but the but the other congregants, the folks in the church who are eagerly anticipating that. Oh yeah. Did. And and I think their response is what shows us or has us talking about kind of religion in the world today and church life and you know, because the first question essentially is like theodicy, right? Yeah. Uh well actually the biggest question is what the hell is going on? That's the first question, which you feel like they could be asking of themselves of the show. But that's the first question, and the other, the next one is. I mean, I, I want to even say there's even a question before that, and it's almost an unspoken question, although they've tipped their hat to it a little bit earlier in the show. Yeah, when Jesse's saying God's going to come up, yeah, and, and and you know, oh, it's going to be an old white guy with a beard. How do you, you know? How do you know it's going to be a white guy? You know, and then sure enough, it's an old, it's white, old white guy white. with a beard, and yeah. Tulip looks at him and told you know, he was white. Yeah, I told you he was a white guy with yeah. a beard. So that's almost the first one that makes you think, oh, come on, this is, it, you, you know, like, yeah. but yeah, that's right. What, what the hell is going on here? And obviously, and then the theodicy question and this, this angel who's posing as God really struggles to answer even the simplest of theological questions. He's using all is, these platitudes and yeah, very interesting. And <laughs> Then the dead giveaway, Jesse sees him pick his nose. And it's, yeah. it's, it's like a Seinfeld episode all of a sudden. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was itched. I was scratching it, not picking it's it. It's like Larry David. It was a scratch. It yeah. was not a pick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's perfect. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, man, this thing is really. And then there's a little bit of, you know, like um, I'm sure that I'm, I, I, I'm not th- thinking that the producers thought of this. But, of course, I did. And that is. Here's this little um, church out in the country, and suddenly they have a video screen. You know, they're yeah. like they're they're like a video venue church. Yeah, they're and, moving uh, on up in the world. But it's but it, it's their sermons being piped in straight from heaven instead what, of from you know uh, Mark Driscoll's new church in Phoenix or whatever. What this yes, what this really does is I think this episode, the part of this episode, and I'm and I'm not going to put the series alongside some of the greats, even though you and I really like it, and I, and I yeah. applaud the team behind it it's very good and again we look forward to season two but it did the moment after they realized that the god show is a scam the town really descends into this kind of quiet chaos yep which brought to mind the first season of the leftovers on hbo when there is no clear understanding of the departed and why people have left how they've left who is being taken and left behind because it flies in the face of any sort of traditional yeah, teachings. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's so, everything from Emily telling her kids, we never really needed God anyway. We can go on with life without God. Nothing's really going to change. To the suicide to, with the guy taking the selfie. What the mom killing the daughter. With the mom killing the daughter the to like 50% off bikini wax, waxes at the, at the salon on Main Street. And I think... You know, I think I texted you. I said, is this not one of the more kind of unsettling pop culture responses to the question of the death of God? Yeah. And I I do think there's something about that that is is maybe worth talking about because there's this telling moment in the balcony of the church when, you know, Jesse's getting away. Basically, he's just walking away and somebody confronts the sheriff and says, aren't you going to arrest him? He broke the law. And mm-hmm. the sheriff asks just that he says the law. Like, 
that means nothing anymore. There's no everything that they hinged their way of life on kind of depended on this existence of a divine being that for all they know doesn't exist anymore or has abandoned its post. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing immediately. And this is my own like theological defensiveness. When you texted me that I thought, but God isn't dead. God's just missing. (laughs) Like that's your whole show that God actually does exist, but God is like MIA. God's not doing his job. And so Jesse's, I mean, this is what I love and what I look forward to about next season is that Jesse says, what are we going to do? We're going to go find God and we're either going to either God's going to explain himself to us or we're going to kick his ass. I thought they were going to say, oh, we're going to kill the son of a bitch. You know, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. But sure, I mean, they're going to take that. That would have been, that's probably exactly what they do say in the comic, but. Yeah, that might have been a little much for TV, you know. Yeah, but they're gonna, but they're def, they're gonna go and they're gonna take God to task, which is, which is one of the things I liked about the beginning of the God show part of the episode, where these people are really they've got real questions. You know, there's some to us might be immature or elementary, but they're real questions, and there's this eagerness to, hey, you know, give us an answer. Like you're, why are we left down here with nothing and so I think there's something interesting about that, and hopefully they go really, really deep with uh, with that. And see yeah, that. yeah, I think that's going to be fascinating. I really do. It, it is one thing I really do hope for the second season is that they spend a little more time doing the theology of it. That they'll spend a little more time on God questions, and that they, I think, they'll draw in more viewers if they play with that a little bit i I think that would be fascinating and not just not just for me i mean i'm not just saying it for me but i'm saying it for um, well these are universal questions aren't they i mean they're whether people are interested in these types of conversations or participate in these types of communities everybody's asking themselves these questions in one way or the other yeah i think so yeah And, and i think it was interesting to see in those scenes Odin's presence and his eagerness to participate too, because I think I may have tried to read too much into his character, like from a kind of cultural economic perspective, because he, he says outright the God that he believes in is the God of meat. And it's more than just money. And it's more than him being a butcher. What he's saying is that he believes in the tangible, right? This the, is this is this is the big theological the thing that I want to talk to you about, and I think we should close our episode with because he this is not the first time he said it, but he does say we're what we're gonna find out today in church is that there is no God, there's only the only one true real God, and it's the God of meat. And you know, everybody thinks he means that because he, you know, sells cattle. But he's like, No, I mean the God of things, the God of the God of shit we can actually touch yeah you know he's basically arguing for what we call materialist theology okay and that is there's no there's no metaphysical there's no supernatural there's no spiritual there may be god but but that god has to be material in substance so is how does a how does a word like transcendence or transcendent fit into that theology I, you know, you, you might argue that transcendence 
is what we experience as a result of our interaction with the God of meat. With the material. With with the material. Um, Because obviously, like, let's look at Odin himself. He's seen at the end of the show before he's vaporized, we, we assume. He's cradling... Uh, a child and then we see it from a different camera angle it's not a child it's ground beef it's so great <laughs> oh my god that felt like total graphic novel yeah you know and just and, and because smart big question is is my daughter in heaven and the angel tells him you know the god the angel posing as god tells him you know yeah she's up here yeah, she's here. We're, and for a moment, he is thrilled to hear that. So there is – he has some kind of transcendent experience, but he I would argue he even has some kind of transcendent experience by like what comfort does it give him to cradle uh, a bunch of ground beef in the shape of a, you know, of a little girl? Well, yeah. it, it, you know, it's provoking something in him, but he's not able to go there – with his spirit or with his imagination, he actually has to be holding a piece of meat. And we know from, you know, he had this same experience when the the coffins of his family who died in the gondola accident were in his office and he, and he ripped, one open him, and yeah. ripped out his daughter's intestines and held them up next to a cow intestine and said, they're the same. There's no different. I look, there is no soul. There is no spirit. Yeah. All there is is meat. Yeah. And I think personally, I think that right there, that that Odin saying that repeatedly, that thread that went through the show, that was the most profound theological statement or question in the first season of this show. And for for the time in which this show has aired, the culture into which it's kind of launched, that's the real thing, isn't it? Like that's the real tension is that kind of – I would take it maybe just one step further to say, do you believe in the spiritual or the material? And I think both of those can be exploited and both of those can be taken too far to where you have this fear-based, judge, spiritually judgmental, or you have a materialistic community that all that matters is gaining and buying and selling and using. Uh-huh. And that is a faith in and of itself. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I, I will really miss Odin Quincannon's voice of challenge to Jesse. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. season two. I, I think that for me. And that's a great point because you have someone who has the kind of the hubris to say, I'm going to call God to account. But then they need someone to check them. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. I, I think, you know, um, Jesse and Odin are the two biggest egos in the town. And they're the only flip side of of the same coin. For each of them, the other is the only person who, like Donnie won't stand up to Odin. And Emily and the mayor are both, you know, total wimps and don't stand up to either of them. Like, don't, and, and. Tulip stands up to Jesse. Tulip stands up to Jesse. Cassidy. He's still got his voices. But she's kind of ineffective at it. And she's still kind of. I mean, this is, is is worries me a little bit about this show because the female characters are not that strong because Tulip stands up to Jesse, but what she really wants to do is kiss him. Well, no, no. 
Because he makes her in the end and she punches him. Well, she punches him, but we know that she's still in love with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is this sense that to to be in love with Jesse's is kind of eternal thing, right? I, I think it's good. I, I'm glad we watched it. I think it's... it's. I would continue to recommend it. Yeah, I'll recommend it. I think it's going to be very challenging for the average viewer, but for people who have done comic books and graphic novels, they'll they'll get it. They'll understand it. That kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm glad we did it. And, uh, you know, Season I think it's going to be interesting because it's going to get right there with the books. And I think it's very likely that, you know, we'll cover it. We'll cover it for season two and our audience. Lord willing. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. That's right. All right. Well, okay. thanks for listening, friends. We're we're um, we're done with another series and so we may do a movie next week just to just for a change of pace but we're gonna get back back into tv series um here as the fall season kicks off which is just around the bend thanks everybody bye-bye what do you want kid it's about my dad I want you to hurt him. You know it's a sin just to ask me that. I know. People said before you were a preacher, you did things. How hurt you want him? How far do I go? Problem is your daddy's a big fella. He's gonna fight back. Things will escalate. That's what these things do. They escalate. And violence makes violence. Makes nothing much at all. Preacher! Enough! Almost done, Sheriff. Is that what you want, kid? Jesus, what kind of a preacher are you? (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha!